0: Hello, in this lecture we're going to talk about a managerial accounting topic, that being the cost-volume-profit analysis. We're going to start off with discussing the different behaviors of costs. So if we remember thinking about the financial uh, analysis, when we did financial accounting, we created the income statement. We had the income statement broken out by category of cost. For example, we had cost of goods sold, which includes direct uh, labor, direct materials, and overhead. And those are the things that were applied to the inventory that we had to sell in order to generate revenue. We've got then the selling expenses. Those are the things obviously that are related to selling. And then we have the general administrative expenses. Those are the things related to the office. Things like the accountants within the office. Now within those separate categories, we could have had costs that behave much differently. For example, overhead often has a lot of fixed costs. Things that don't change with the level of production. Whereas the direct material and direct labor do. And if we we could have the same thing with the selling, we could have commission, which behaves differently than many other things in the selling, which are pretty much the same from month to month. If we talk about the the administrative, we've we've got a lot of things that are probably fixed. We got a lot of salaries that are basically the same and whatnot. But we could have things like rent, um, and the rent's going to be somewhat the same. But we could have some things that vary in there as well. Point being is that in on the managerial side of things. We may want to break these costs out. We may want to break them out by behavior rather than by category. So rather than grouping them by the, this is what was used for inventory, this is what was used for the general administrative, this is what was used for selling, we're going to break it out by, well, how does this cost behave? What does it do? Does it change with the level of production or does it not? Why is that important? Because it really helps with the decision making. So when we give our, our financials to the outside user, they, they just want to know the recap of what has happened. When we talk about the internal use, we may want to have uh, the idea of projections to kind of make a bunch of projections about what could happen. and to do that makes a lot of sense to break out cost by behavior of cost. So the behavior of cost is usually two types of costs. We've got the fixed costs and we've got variable costs. Those are the two types of costs that we're going to break out. When we think about this analysis, you can kind of think about a bunch of people in the room, the, the decision makers in the room, management in the room, thinking about what-if analysis for the next, next time period. What's going to happen? What if we have increased level of production? What if we have a decreased level of production? That's a lot easier for us to project if we used uh, cost volume analysis, breaking out cost by behavior. We may have questions like, well, what if we bought another piece of equipment? Would that uh, increase our, our profit or not? Is it worth it for us to buy equipment? Well, when we put in the equipment, we're, we can do a, a lot easier projection by using a cost-volume analysis. If we're thinking about should we change our product mix, should we have more advertising, and that would increase uh, the level of production and whatnot, the level of sales, all those questions. Those are, those are the ones that uh, really are a lot easier for us to deal with if we break out the cost by behavior. So fixed costs if we think about fixed costs those are going to be the things that uh, are pretty it's pretty basic to look at fixed costs and variable costs because if if you think about a fixed cost like the rent it doesn't change with the level of production so we're saying something that's that doesn't matter if we produce one thing or if we produce a million things the rent is still the rent if it's if it's 30,000 the rent is 30,000 doesn't change just like if you were to rent an apartment or something doesn't matter if you're in the apartment or out of the apartment you you know you still pay the same amount of rent or whatever whatever the rent is now if we think about the rent per unit though this is the concept that is a little bit more confusing to most people if we're producing uh one unit and the rent was 30,000 then we could and we were applying that rent that fixed cost to that one unit then that one unit would have 30,000 applied to it If we then made two units, then now we're applying that 30,000 to two units. So we'd have 15,000 per unit and so on. So the cost per unit, because we're applying the rent out is actually uh, decreasing per unit if we think about it in that way. So, and that's going to be important because uh, obviously what that means is for us to get the major capacity when we're trying to maximize production, we want to, we want to have the most production. We want to produce the most things, uh, in order to maximize the, the, fixed costs. The variable costs, those are the things that change on a constant level with production. Things like direct labor, direct material, usually, but the commission often could change as well in the selling area with the level of production. So if we're making something like guitars and the guitars cost uh, $10 in wood every time we make another guitar, well, if we made one guitar, it's $10. If we made two guitars, $20. It's going to go up at a constant rate. Therefore, the total cost is going to go up as we produce more stuff. And the cost per unit will remain the same because the cost per unit is $10 in this case, no matter how many we make. So when you think about variable costs and fixed costs, it's straightforward in a lot of ways, but uh, you do want to be careful when you're thinking about it. we thinking about total cost? What's the behavior if we think about total cost? What's the behavior if we're thinking about cost per unit? Okay, and then we have the things of mixed costs. Now, these are the ones that really kind of throw us off because they don't fit directly into fixed cost and variable costs, like we want them to. So in a perfect world we really want to break everything out between fixed cost and variable cost. We're usually going to try to break out the mixed cost in some way, some estimate, to use some estimate in order to break them out in the same way so that we can do our projections a lot more easily. So mixed costs are usually are going to be things that have a variable portion and a mixed portion. They can take a couple different kind of forms. We could have a mixed cost that has kind of a, a step type thing where we have a a certain level it's fixed to a certain degree and then it jumps up you can think about something like a bonus maybe where the the salary is the same and then if they get over a certain level of production then it jumps up and then it's the same until the next level of production and performance that would be one type of of mixed cost and we can see how we might want to deal with that in projections we can say okay well how many units are we going to produce what's the revenue going to be and then we can determine where we are at we also have other types of fixed costs that we may—they ju- just may be weird. Like they don't—they don't, they don't uh, have a linear progression upward, but they tend to go upward, just like a variable cost. But instead of being fixed at ten dollars uh, per unit, every unit to have a fixed variable cost, the next unit maybe for some reason costs eight dollars, and then the next unit is twenty dollars, and so on. We just may have an uneven, uh linear, uh, non-linear. <laughs> cost and that's going to be another type of issue and how we can deal with that we're going to maybe look for some type of estimates in order to break out the variable portion and the fixed portion if that's the type of mixed cost that we're looking at Now there's a couple different ways that we can think about how are we going to break out these mixed costs between the fixed portion and the variable portion. Remember the goal is that we want to have everything between variable and fixed portion. And there's a couple different ways that we can do this. A couple different estimating methods. There are going to have to be some estimations because we don't know exactly (laughs) what the fixed portion and the variable portion is. So here's the problem. Remember the problem is that we know what the total costs are and we know what uh, the level of production is. But uh, we don't know of those total costs how much of it is mixed and how much is variable. We don't know the behavior. So the three methods we can use, we can use the scatter diagram, we can use the high-low method, we can use the least square re- uh, regression method. So these are three methods that we can use. We're not going to use all three. We're going to use one of the three in order to determine what the uh, fixed portion and the variable portion is of these total costs that we have, but we don't know how to break them out. So first, let's take a look at the scatter diagram scatter diagram what, what we're going to do is we're going to graph on the scatter diagram and we're going to have the uh the units basically on the x-axis and we're going to have the costs on the y-axis and then we're going to plot all these because remember we do know what the total costs are and we do know the level of production what we don't know is the, is the difference between the variable and the fixed portion so if we plot all these we're not going to get a linear progression that's the problem we're not going to get a straight line but we may get something that looks basically like a cloud of dots (laughs) that are pointing upwards so we can imagine a cloud of dots basically pointing upwards and then we can think okay we can just draw a line that matches the most dots that looks the most reasonable to uh, put in place there and that would be the line that we would then use to say that that's going to be the slope of the line and then if we take that line and we take it to the y-axis where it intersects the y-axis, that would be the fixed portion. So that's how we can basically figure out what, what's going to be the fixed portion, what's going to be the variable portion using a scatter diagram. Then there's a high-low method. High-low method is pretty kind of a simple way to do, to do this estimate. And what we're going to do is we're going to say, okay, we know our data again. Again, the goal is we have we know what the total costs are. We know the the level of production. What we do not know is the variable portion, the total portion of the total costs. So what we can do is we can say, okay, well, let's look at the high point and the low point of this list of data and come up with kind of an average. So what we're going to do, the formula for this would then be to take the change in the cost divided by the change in the units. So if we looked at the costs at the high point, if we looked at our list of data, and we said, okay, what's the highest cost point, and then what's the lowest cost point, we subtract those two out. And then we, on the denominator, we're going to have the change in units, what's the highest unit level of production, minus the lowest level unit level of production, and we'll subtract that out, and then we'll take the change in cost divided by the change in units. What that will give us is a cost per unit so that's going to give us a a cost per unit of production so then we can go back to any unit of production any level and we can say okay we know the total cost we know the units of production in order to get the variable portion then we're going to take the units of production multiply times this cost per unit number we came up with that'll give us the variable portion we know the total portion we know the variable portion if we subtract those two out they give us the fixed portion so that's going to be kind of an average the average will give us the same fixed portion on the high and the low points of our data set that's why it's kind of an average and and seems appropriate to use when we're making these types of projections trying to break out these costs between variable and fixed portions the last one's least squares regression this is usually a more complex type of formula that can uh, be used using software or calculators Again, it's the same type of idea that we're going to have here. What we're trying to do is get some estimate that will break out the variable portion and uh, the fixed portion of the mixed cost. So Now that we have an idea of what the variable costs and what fixed costs are, now we want to think about the contribution margin, the calculation. How can we use these types of costs in our calculation in our decision making? So First, we want to think about the contribution margin per unit. And then we're going to use that contribution margin per unit in order to, th- to think about how we can have the break-even point. This is a really important calculation because the, every, everything from projections are based on this basic break-even point. So the contribution margin per unit would be the selling price per unit minus the total variable cost per unit. So if we're making something like the guitars and we said that the selling price we're going to sell them for $100.00 and we're saying that it costs $80 to uh, make the guitars in terms of variable costs, usually like direct labor and, um, and direct materials. That means we're walking away with $20 after uh, variable costs. Notice that we cannot put like, the overhead in there. We can't get to the cost of goods sold. That's why this number seems unfamiliar when we're used to doing financial accounting. We're calculating the cost of goods sold. The reason we cannot put the, the overhead a lot of the times in there is because much of it is fixed costs and we can't it'll behave differently so when we think about the level of production when we use this number in order to think about different levels of production it wouldn't work too well if we had both variable and fixed costs in there that's the point so what we're doing is we're taking the selling price minus the variable cost that's what we're walking away with after the variable costs once we have that if it was $20 then then we can think about okay so what are the fixed costs how many of these units then do we have to sell in order to make enough money to pay for the fixed cost? That's that's the format that this type of analysis will take. This is a format whether you're a small uh, business person or a large business person. This is really the format you want to look at when you're thinking about how you're going to uh, figure out how many things you need to sell. So If we think about the break-even point then, the break-even point is just the, the point at which you have covered your fixed costs. So You're not making money, you're not losing money. And if you wanted to take it a step after that, what we're going to do is take the break-even point plus whatever profit we want to to earn, and that'll be just one more step after the break-even point, same type of formula analysis. So when we think about the break-even point, you do want to understand that uh, a test question could ask for the break-even point in units, or it can ask for the break-even point in dollars. It's really helpful to know the break-even point in units, because that tells us how many units we want to sell, and that's the, the, the... calculation we did so the break-even point in units is fixed cost divided by the contribution margin per unit and then of course we need to know what this contribution margin per unit is that's what we just thought about that's going to be uh, the sales price minus the variable costs the things that change with the level of production and if we get that then if we said that was $20 we go for walk away with $20 after the variable costs after paying for like the wood of the guitar then we're thinking how many units do we have to sell in order to cover like the rent So the rent divided by the contribution margin, the rent divided by the sales price per unit minus the variable cost per unit. Now, then we also have the break-even point in dollars, meaning, well, how much revenue do we need to take in in order to cover the fixed costs? And you might be thinking, I I usually used to think all the time, I still do, is that, well, I just calculated (laughs) how many units I need to sell, and what if I just take that and multiply it times the sales price? And if I sell them for $100 and I just multiply it out, that's how much sales revenue we're going to bring in. And that works. That's a fine way to think about it. That's totally fine. Uh, There is another formula that's going to be used very often, and that's going to be the fixed cost divided by the contribution margin ratio. So not the contribution margin per unit, but the contribution margin ratio. So how do we calculate the contribution margin ratio? Well, that's going to take the contribution margin that we just, that was in our case, it was the 100 uh, minus the 80 or 20. So the contribution margin, 20 divided by the sales price, divided by the 100. And that will give us the contribution margin uh, ratio. And then if we take the, the fixed cost divided by the contribution margin ratio, that will give us the sales uh, in dollars that we're going to need. So either way that you want to think about it, if you take the, the, con- the number of units times the sales price. Or the fixed cost divided by the contribution margin ratio you'll get to the same number but you really want to know both methods because if you think about uh, test questions as we know they're going to limit information so we may not have enough information uh, to do both types of calculations and therefore you want to uh, memorize both of these formulas for for that purpose Now we can also think about a complete income statement that is broken out in terms of the contribution margin income statement rather than a normal income statement. So remember that this is going to be different. This is for managerial purposes and not for the financial statement purposes. When we think about financial statement for external users, we break it out in terms of the income statement as the sales minus the cost of goods sold. That's the stuff that we had to put in there in order to help us to generate the inventory that we then sold to generate revenue. Minus the selling expenses and the administrative expenses. That's how we're going to group it out by category. Remember, if we're doing the internal uses, in order to help us with projections, we're breaking it out by cost behavior. So if we did the contribution margin income statement, then we can think about the sales. We're going to have the total sales, and we can think about the total sales. How are we going to calculate that? Well, we're going to think about the number of units we're going to produce times the sales price. And then we're going to subtract from that the variable costs. How do we calculate the variable costs? they're going to be the the number of units we produce times the variable cost per unit, right? And that's why we're going to put the variable costs up there because they act in a similar fashion as sales when we sell things. And that's going to be the point. If we were to change the level of production, then we can easily just move this around. We can say, oh, we're sold more units. Well, then we're just going to take the number of units times the sales price and the variable cost times uh, the number of units that we have as well. If we subtract those out, then the sales price minus the the variable cost, we get the contribution margin. Remember, contribution margin is not cost of goods sold because it could include things that are not part of production. It it will include things usually like direct materials and direct labor, same stuff that's in the cost of goods sold calculation, but it could have things like sales commission and and these other types of things that are in different categories. The only reason it's up there is because it changes in the similar way with the level of production. And uh, the, the some things are not included in there that could be in the sales, of, in the production, such as the rent on the factory and these types of things, or the depreciation on factory equipment and that type of stuff, because those are fixed. And therefore, those will be after the contribution margin. So once we get the contribution margin, then we're going to subtract out all the fixed costs, no matter where they came from, because they are all fixed. Things Things like the depreciation on the factory, things like the rent on a building or something. And that'll give us the income. The pre-tax income and then we'll have the tax on that so that net income will be the same it'll be the same as if we did the financial statements it'll be the same net income but we're getting to it in a different format and the reason that's an applicable format is that we can then make projections very easily by just changing the level of production and that means that we can just really go through this and have a bunch of different scenarios if we break out the costs in this way